following podcast contains spoilers and rude words. We watched a thing. We watched a thing. Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched A Thing. This week I had a brand new Netflix release and I knew that I had to go straight to the expert so I'm lucky enough to have joining me Dan from Netflix and Swill. How you doing mate? Good Billy, thank you for having me on the show. No worries mate, what have you been up to? Oh you know, watching Netflix stuff, <laughs> hoping I don't die, uh, hoping I don't want to die after I watch them. The the usual. Yeah, yeah, I can I can I can imagine that. You you watch just about everything that hits Netflix, don't you? Uh it used to be that way. And now it's like, oh my god, if I watch another bad thing, <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> so we we try to spark we try to parse it out, kinda watch the stuff we want to watch and then, you know Yeah. Hit hit the hits <laughs> when we have to. Yeah. Like uh this week. Yeah. So this week and hopefully you might be able to shed some light for me on how this happened. This week we're talking about Red Notice, which is a 2021 American action comedy film written and directed by Ross and Marshall Thurber. It stars Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. And I'm going to hit you with this, Dan. What is it about? Uh, it's a very simple movie. It's about uh, a, a, lo- a, a world-famous art, art thief uh, who is Ryan Reynolds. Uh, He's a thief. He runs around stealing artifacts and that kind of stuff. He's chased by uh, FBI agent uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, because he's a bad guy. And then they try to capture a third bad guy who's played by Gal Gadot because reasons? (laughs) Yeah, that that sums it up. Let me ask you something because you obviously know a lot more about Netflix than I do. I actually don't see that many Netflix films. I know that the budget for this was $200 million. Now, Netflix in recent years have been throwing money around everywhere. I read an article today that Cavill is going to be getting $1 million per episode for The Witcher. I mean, that makes sense. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, he's Henry Cavill. But, uh, mm. like, so is, is it common these days for Netflix to do films with a budget that high? Well, we had Six Underground, which was the other Ryan Reynolds Netflix movie. Uh, so you're seeing a trend here, which is that Ryan Reynolds is is the the secret to the. I think that one was about 150 million dollars. Yeah, right. They've had some big, big, big budget ones. This one was an acquisition from uh, I want to say Universal. So I think that part of the 200 million was the acquisition cost because Universal was like 200 million dollars for. These guys, I don't know. We'll just make the money back in theaters. And Netflix was like, we don't care. We'll just take it. And then, you know, as long as, what, 70 million people watch it, we're all good. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, 70 million people are going to watch this film would be my guess. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So even though it's a Netflix release, I was lucky enough to see this um, at the cinemas. Our local Dendi cinemas were were showing this film uh, and threw us some free tickets. Thank you so much, Lucy. Um, Did you get to this one at the cinemas or did you see this on your little silver screen? No, I actually got to see this in theaters. Uh, I paid real actual money to go watch Red Notice in theaters a week early so I could (laughs) come up with some thoughts before everybody else. Uh, Before everybody else, I mean... Uh, before most people who uh, didn't go see this in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it it had a really small cinema release, like 750 Mm. screens or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it took home around a million dollars, which is like, that's not terrible for a one-week release, especially considering the fact that everyone's going to be able to watch it the following week on on Netflix for 
I, for their subscription price that they normally pay and will go watch something else immediately after it. So it's never, it was, ne- I know a lot of people are like, oh my God, Netflix failing at the box offices again. <laughs> and it's like, that's not their business model. Yeah. If it was, it they would have put this out like 30 days beforehand or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. The cinema release really would have just been icing on top because as you say, like, mm-hmm. I mean, so many people have a Netflix account. Like I don't. I, it, it's hard to comprehend why the average moviegoer would go and pay to see this in cinemas. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's get straight into it then. The movie's been pretty widely panned, or at least seen as mediocre. Um, I don't know if it is just because I saw this on the big screen. I have a feeling that if I'd watched this at home, my thoughts would be different. But I actually had quite a bit of fun with this movie. I had some fun too. Uh, I will say, and I've maintained this since I watched Skyscraper back in, I want to say 2017, 2018, I can't remember exactly when it was, but boy, The Rock has fallen off a cliff in terms of what he's able to do anymore acting-wise. Like, he he just plays one character, and I'm just so over it. Ryan Reynolds does the same thing. He's just playing Deadpool at this point. Yes. And that that works to a degree, but like The Rock, I'm I'm just so sick of seeing this from him where he just is so bland and so uninspiring and just drags the movie with him. Anytime he's on the screen by himself and there's no Ryan Reynolds on the screen, I'm just so taken out of it. Yeah, to me The Rock is at his best when he's being completely over the top you know like my favorite rock moment ever is in that ridiculous fast and furious movie where he flexes and pops his cast off his arm oh yeah like yep. unless the rock is doing something outrageous like that i just don't care because yeah you're a hundred percent right he and and i agree ryan reynolds does the exact same thing and i actually think he always has even like I don't think Deadpool mm. really was that much of a stretch for him. He, he's, I think the amount you're going to enjoy this movie really, to me, depends on how much you buy into those two and whether you like them. Really, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Well, yeah, and you're right. I, I say Deadpool, but like that's probably his most popular role. But like, yeah, you watch something like Waiting. Or Van Wilder. He's been doing the same thing his entire career. I mean, good for him. He's gotten to where he is because of it. But, I mean, at some point, that shine wears off. It it hasn't worn off yet because it's, for me, still funny. Yes. As opposed to The Rock, who is not funny. And I've seen WWE when he was doing his thing. He's hilarious. Like, if if he would just do stuff like that, I would be much more receptive to him. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, the majority of people, though, love both The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. I mean, The Rock is in just about fucking everything these days. You could go to the cinema and throw a stone and chances are you'll hit a poster with The Rock on it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, who's going to win a popularity contest out of these two, do you think? Like, if, if it was The Rock v. Reynolds, I don't know, man. Like, it is a pretty big cast to to be grabbed in this film i think i i'm still gonna go with ryan reynolds because i'm seeing it amongst like my friend group who are like more casual moviegoers they will they'll watch stuff and one of my friends just said like actually two of my friends just said we're like is the rock always this bad and one of them was just (laughs) like boy i am so tired of the rock yeah so like i i think the rock is starting to wear on people with with what he's doing in in movies so I'm going to go with Ryan Reynolds because I think he's comes across just more likable. 
Yeah, yeah, okay. I think part of that too is that he seems more like a real person. Like the rock is yeah. so outright like he almost doesn't look human. He's so large. Whereas Ryan Reynolds, like, yes, he's a very pretty man, but he still looks like a real person, I guess. It's easier mm. to relate to him. Right. So did you know about any did you know anything about this movie going into it? I hadn't seen a trailer or anything. I knew nothing about what the plot was. I only knew the cast. So on our show, we have this segment called Downstream where we talk about trailers. And I watched the trailer for this and I'm like Oh, oh no, because that trailer was horrendous. <laughs> I thought right. that trailer was horribly, horribly bad. And it appropriately set my expectations to like <laughs> next to zero. Yeah. Even like, even though I'm ready to like, I think I showed out like 50 bucks in total. Cause I went, I went, um, I bought, you know, I bought the tickets. I bought dinner. I did all that stuff just to go see the movie. Even though I did all that, I was like, I have no expectations for this movie. I think I, I'm just hoping for stock standard action movie. I am so happy to just, you know, go out and hang out with my girlfriend in a movie theater. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that w- that was my thing too. And and maybe that reflected on my score a little bit. We've been locked down here for a couple of months. So it was so nice just to get back to the cinemas. Uh, it was the first day that both my kids were back at school, so we didn't mm. have to stress about babysitters or anything. Just go to the movies, go to lunch, and yeah, I, I ended up having a really good time, like I said. like Almost immediately, I started having fun with this movie. I think that it's got a lot of flaws, but, oh, yes. but I do think it's pretty easy to just enjoy this movie. And I, I don't think that this is- I actually don't think the acquisition by Netflix was a smart move. I think this may have done better as a theatrical release, to be honest. I mean, maybe not in these COVID times, but I don't think this is a movie for streaming, really. I I can't imagine sitting down at home and having fun watching this. I, I just think I would get... I, I would be scrolling on my phone, to be honest. <laughs> that's that's probably true. I mean, there's still that social contract you have of like, hey, don't be the asshole on, on, their, on your phone in the movie theater. Yes. Which probably helps my enjoyment of it, too, but... I, I don't know. I walked out of the movie theater being like, I don't know. I feel like if I just sat at home and watched it on my TV, I would have been happier. With, really? Or like as happy. Because like, I don't feel like there was anything that I was really missing from the movie. I would have been missing from the movie. Now, yeah. if I had seen this in like IMAX, like if this had been IMAX enabled, I would have been like, okay, this I need to see in IMAX. But, you know. This was a regular movie theater. It was like an offshoot, like it was theater 13 or something like that shit. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, not one of their premium theaters. It's just like off there to the side because no one's going to go. Yeah. And incidentally, I had like 25 people in a theater of 100, like capacity of 108. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I don't know. It it, it just never connected with me to be like, oh my God, I really am glad I watched this in the movie theater. Because of what I'm seeing on screen. It was more like, oh my god, I'm just so thankful to be out of my house. Yeah, yeah. That's totally fair. And to I completely understand what you're saying. One thing that I really didn't like about the film, to get straight into it, I don't know about you, I hated the direction of the action sequences. Which, yes. you're right, generally action sequences are what you go and, and see something on a big screen for. I, I found myself just honestly feeling sick the the camera is constantly whizzing constantly moving i i really hate fake camera moves when you see a camera move and you're like well that just that's not a reality <laughs> i just hate it mm-hmm. and the action sequences the camera never stops moving the first i actually timed it out the camera 
doesn't go to a locked off shot for the first eight minutes of this film. Oh, wow. And that's just too much. It's just too much movement for me. It just, I really, really hated it. And to give the film credit, I didn't hate the editing, which is often a problem during action films where you have trouble following things. But I did find that in some of the later sequences, the big underground car chase scene where everything's quite dark to begin with, I did find myself struggling a little bit to follow the action there. So I really, really hated the action scenes in this film. Yeah, and I and I have to agree. And I've said it before on my show. I think John Wick has royally spoiled us all for everything action movie. We want you know no cuts. We want our actors yep. to be able to do the the fight scenes themselves. Themselves, and you know when you don't get that anymore, you get stuff like this where it's yep. like, oh well. We can tell you did a little bit of this, but like it's like you're not climbing up this this uh, set of. Um, scaffolding here in, in the in the museum that's not yeah, you yeah <laughs> our, i guess our third player is is gal gadot i i guess technically even though like there's a two secondary main characters yeah what did you think of her that's that's the real question because she's the real wild card coming into this honestly yeah she is her screen time is so limited and her character is so limited <laughs> and that that is honestly a bit of a problem throughout and and I get that by the end of the film there are supposed to be several twists and turns so even the characters you kind of in quotations get to know by the end mm-hmm. of the film you realize you you didn't and it, it it actually makes the writing feel even more shallow because you actually don't really get a sense of depth for any of these people except for arguably maybe Ryan Reynolds but even then there's not mm-hmm. a lot there I I enjoyed. Gal Gadot, again, like the other two, I think it's kind of hard not to enjoy her just because she seems so likable as a person. I like what she's doing. I just don't think she really has a lot to do. Did you feel the same way? I liked her because she was over the top. She, I felt like she really knew what movie she was in and then just chewed up scenery from there because like- I've seen her in Fast and Furious, Wonder Woman. You know, like those aren't like meaty, meaty roles. Now, of course, I haven't seen Wonder Woman 84, uh, even though my girlfriend's seen it twice. I've somehow dodged it both times. <laughs> go, go me. But, you know, in this, she she's hamming it up. She's over the top. Like she understands that she's in a fun movie and she's she's acting against, you know, uh, Wooden Rock and Ryan Reynolds doing his shtick. So, like, yep. she, I wouldn't say she's matching Ryan Reynolds in terms of that, but like she's up there in, in terms of what she's doing. That's f- and it is fun to see her take on that kind of. I mean, arguably for the majority of the film, she's the the villain. At least that's how we see her, and she does. You're right. She does ham it up and play it almost as that Bond level, you know, crazy genius. And yeah, she is very mm. fun. Yeah. So I mean, like, it, for me, like this is the breakout party for Gal Gadot. I know the Wonder Woman thing, like that was really it. But like this, this showed like. She doesn't have to be a hundred percent serious or a hundred like the hero all the time. She can do like this fun, over the top role that you know f- you can find more relatable than just you know, I'm Diana, Princess of Themyscira. I I walk across battlefields and no one can hit me with bullets because I'm too strong. Yeah. Plot wise, what did what did you think overall? Because like it's very bare bones. It, it just kind of has set piece after set piece after set piece. And then, you know, some things interspersed without. Yeah. My, the first thought that went through my head when I left the cinema was, well, that movie was complete bullshit, but it was fun. (laughs) Like, and that's just kind of how I think about it. The plot 
is, as you say, it's very, very bare bones. But at the same time, like we start with almost like a newsreel showing us the history of, you know, Cleopatra's jewelry and stuff. And I'm like, this is almost too in-depth for what this movie is. Right. <laughs> like, it was just kind of a strange experience that that's how the film opens. Um, I had enough fun. I think by the end, there's maybe, like, just a twist too many. And the way the film ends kind of setting up for a sequel- I was a little bit like, mm -hmm. guys, this film is never getting a sequel. Like, <laughs> I always find that a strange thing when a film like this that, I, I don't know, like, do, do, do people, like, and I guess they must, but when they write and direct these films, do they actually think that these are good movies? Like, I just, I never understand people setting up for a sequel when it seems clear to me that this film isn't going to perform to that level. But, yeah, I don't know. It's well just a strange move. <laughs> The thing is, is that Netflix has been trying to get into the franchise game. So, like, you see the the ending of Extraction, for instance, where you have, like, the guy who's who could be Tyler Rake, but we don't know because it's definitely not Chris Hemsworth on set. Yeah. So, like, it felt like one of those endings where it was like, oh, my God, we have to set up for a sequel because maybe Netflix will give us a sequel. Maybe we'll get enough hits. Maybe this will be the biggest thing Netflix has ever seen. Uh, outside of Squid Game, because there's no way all those people are watching this thing. Yeah. But, you know, if we can get like 80, 90 million views on this or whatever the new viewing stat is, maybe we'll get a sequel and we can set up for it. Like, it has the Ryan Reynolds factor. It has the rock factor going for it. So That's true. maybe. But I say that the Ryan Reynolds factor was not enough to save Six Underground because that was supposed to get a sequel and then never did. Right. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize they were trying to get into the franchise game. I mean, I guess that makes sense because, you know, then you've got an existing property that you can just start. Well, they, they just want like, that's the thing now is like, they got you, but they want to keep you, but they also want to get more people. So if you can show that you have established properties that you are branching off into universes, then cool. That's why they tried that hackneyed Stranger Things backdoor pilot in season two for like a, a oh, spinoff of all the other numbers. That was terrible. That everyone hated. <laughs> everyone hated it. And they were like, okay, never mind. Let's try something more organic. Like they, they've been forcing the bright universe. They just yep. put out a, a bright animated movie, uh, anime movie or whatever they want to call it. Um, they had Jupiter's Legacy earlier this year, which flopped horrendously to the point where they're like, oh, well, this Super Crooks anime we're working on, now we have to change it from, you know, being <laughs> a, uh, a a part of the universe into, you know, oh, we're like soft rebooting into an anthology format. So, like, they're still trying to find that footing. It's just not hitting yet. And they're hoping that this uh, will hit, like, Extraction, like Old Guard. Uh, those are the two big sequels that I know of for action movies. They have like, they had to all the boys, they had the kissing booth franchise. Like they've had like these middle, middle tier franchises that are for like the teen kids. Yeah. I guess I, I guess that's who those are for, but they've never had anything that seemed, it has more like general appeal going into multiple movies until yeah. extraction and old guard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Probably like back in the day, back in the days where they had the, the Marvel series going and they had, you know, Daredevil and 
Jessica Jones and were kind of tying those together. Yeah, that would be the other the other case of it, where they tried to bring it into Defenders. Now, of course, that was not good. Yeah. But, you know, they, they tried something in order to, be like, hey, we don't have the access to, like, Tony Stark and all your other favorite Avengers, but, you know, we got these guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, what, what were your thoughts on the the plot of the film and, you know, just the screenplay in general. Uh, the screenplay is terrible because of course it is the, the actual <laughs> plot is just like, okay, we're here. Okay. Oh, you guys got arrested together because you have to be, because we got to stick you together somehow. Yep. Okay. Now we're now we're at the prison. Oh, we're going to have heart to hearts about our, our tragic backstories. Yeah. And now we're going to go fight Gal Gadot after she taunts us in the, in the prison. It's like, Okay. It's, it's it's just paint by numbers. Like it's a paint by numbers action movie with like a little bit of spice thrown in with the the heist aspect of it that that happens during the second act, which yeah. I thought was it was okay. It was fun, but I mean it's it's a whatever kind of plot that is not helped by the fact that you know you, you have the Rock saying a lot of these very bad lines. Yeah, I do always find it hard to tell with both the Rock and Ryan Reynolds. How much of it is even scripted? Like with Ryan Reynolds, it's extremely hard to tell because he is always playing himself and that Deadpool character to such an extent where every line he says in every movie sounds the same. Like I feel like I could cut together 10 Ryan Reynolds lines from 10 different films and it would be a nightmare for someone to try and guess what film each line is from. So right. I, I don't know whether he is improving on set or whether- people are really just trying to write in his voice or what the go is. And I find the same thing with The Rock. It's it's so bland all the time that I don't I don't know whether people are writing for him or whether he's just changing what he says on set or whether it's just his delivery is so bad that everything sounds the same. <laughs> I I have to imagine it's that he's getting like for The Rock specifically that he's just getting bad lines. Yeah. And he's just saying these bad lines. Because, like like I said, I've seen him be funny, charismatic. Like, there was a reason everyone was like, oh, my God, The Rock is going to go into Hollywood. He is so charismatic yeah. and so entertaining. Like, And then y you get to now, and he's just so one-note, one-dimensional that it's it's frustrating. Like, at least Ryan Reynolds, when he's doing his thing, like, he can be tough sometimes. He can be serious sometimes. But mostly he's comedy. But he can splash in those little bits that it's like, okay – I can enjoy him a bit more than the yeah. rock who's just like we got to be real good. We got to be on the straight and narrow. I'm a real good guy. I'm a very good guy. I'm here to stop you bad man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. uh I guess we can talk about it. What did you think of the twist ending? I did not love it. <laughs> did did you see it coming? I mean, in hindsight, I feel like I should have, because as you say, everything is so like, it just doesn't make sense. Otherwise that they're like, they're put in the same prison cell and then Gal Gadot is there. And like, there were so many strange things that happened just really to lead up to this one point. Um, and it just seemed silly. Like for starters, I mean, like I said, The Rock doesn't look like a real human. Even just that visual of him <laughs> kissing Gal Gadot is like, oh, my God, this is fucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you make of it? Uh, I will say I didn't 
see it coming. I was actually sort of engrossed in the movie, I guess, enough to where it was like, oh, this is surprising. But I knew I, it, it, it was coming up to the end, and I'm like, I know something fucky has to happen. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we like we have that one promo shot of the three of them standing next to each other looking at something. What are they doing? How do, how do we get to that shot? Yeah. And that was it. Like It was like, okay – I knew something was happening. It's like, oh, he's with her, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever. It's like, okay. Like, I'm like, oh, that's surprising. And then they do the flashbacks and like, I am the bad guy. And it's like, oh, wait, really? The flashbacks were, were really? so Really? We were bad. supposed to key off that? Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. When they did those flashbacks and I was like, nah, mate. No, nah, that's not foreshadowing. No. <laughs> No, like oh yeah, I'm the bad guy. Okay, sure. Like that that just seemed like the Rock trying to say something funny and it not landing. But he's like, oh no, I'm totally dead serious. I am the bad guy. Yeah. I've just been completely boring the whole time. Yes, yeah. And they flash back to them, you know, dancing at the at the rich guy's party, and like it just none of it was foreshadowing. No. Um, I I thought the twist was going to be that the Interpol agent was somehow in on it because she was just Mm. cooked at her job. She couldn't do anything right. (laughs) Like, she was so bad at catching them that I was so sure she was in on it. Right. But, like, her was like, okay, you're a character, I guess. Like, I'm sorry you don't have more screen time, but, like, you're up against these three people. Yeah. Uh, Good luck. Yeah. (laughs) Zero depth. (laughs) And then, you know, they get the stones, they, the Ryan Reynolds is like, oh, hey, here's where the wedding's going to be, where you can get all all the stones. And they're like, okay, cool. And then Ryan Reynolds is just on their boat at the end of the movie. And I'm like, okay, how are you going to swing this? Because you ruined their payday. Yeah. And now you're like, hey, let's go steal something together because we're all red noticed. Title drop. We're here at the end of the movie. (laughs) We're all red noticed. Hooray. I know. And somehow they agree to it. (laughs) And it is so, and I hate when movies title drop like that. And it's such a shame because I actually spent the first little bit thinking it was quite clever that the only title drop in the film had just been, I mean- I guess it's kind of bad exposition, but I liked that it just kind of came up showing you the definition of what it meant. Um, And that's the only the only time it had appeared in the movie until the very end. And it's like, no, no, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow they agree to to go and and join him, even though, as you say, he ruined everything. (laughs) Yeah. And they ruined, like, he got caught because of them. Now, of course, he gets out. And so, I guess, in his mind, he's like, eh, no hard feelings. I got out. It's no problem. But it's also like, bro, what are you talking about? Just what? And the way the way they have them come together is so befuddling. Yep. Like, it, it would have just made more sense if they had the reveal of The Rock being with Gal Gadot. And then the Interpol agent shows up. And then they're like, okay, you're all caught. Now we all get together. We all escape, and we're like, "All right, we're gonna do another heist because we're all like the best." Like that, that that would have felt much better. I agree. And, yeah, and way less like sh- like schlocky than it is. Yeah, I agree. If they had all gotten arrested or something, and then had to work together to get out of it, yeah, that would have made sense to me. Because the way the film ends, prior to him being on the boat, too. Ryan Reynolds seems genuinely hurt. <laughs> like he seemed mm-hmm. to have really thought that he made a connection with with our man Dwayne, and he seems genuinely hurt. But then, nah, all's good. Let's let's go on a heist. <laughs> yeah. 
befuddled. Hey, you want to get your money back? Let's go rob the Louvre, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the the look and the visuals of the film? I already spoke about how I, I thought the action sequences were, were kind of poorly done. Um, did you like the look of the film overall? The... I can tell you the CGI is dreadful. Yes. For a $200 million movie, it is impressive how bad the CGI is. Yeah, that's, I was going to bring up the same thing. So I suspect you're right that a lot of that budget was in acquisition, not actually in filmmaking, because, yeah, it, it doesn't look good at all. <laughs> right, because Caleb made a joke, uh, who's my co-host, he made a joke, he's like, $90 million for The Rock, $90 million for Ryan Reynolds, and I was like, $3 for Gal Gadot, and <laughs> yeah. then, you know, the rest went to, you know, permits and CGI, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not far off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, like, I, I don't know, a lot of people were making something out of this this Rock post that he had on Instagram, where he was, like, he was promoting, uh, you know, Red Notice, and he's like, time to raise the streaming bar, and a lot of people were like, look, even The Rock realizes that streaming needs to you know improve itself for action movies and it's like so is this it was this what the rock was talking about like i get you have to promote the movie but like this ain't it bud no and and the thing is i'm sure he knows that he himself has been in better action movies like oh yeah i'm sure he knows that this is not it (laughs) i mean i think even the scorpion king is better than this movie Oh man, yeah, I rewatched that recently, and I mean, talk about CGI not holding up. <laughs> oh well, yeah, yeah, but like, at least that's you know, turn of the century. Oh yeah, we're you know, we're we're twenty years later, and it's like, oh, the, the CGI doesn't even look good now. Yeah, like I can't even imagine what it's gonna look like in five, ten years. Yeah, exactly, and I think honestly, streaming have had some some pretty good releases. I mean, Annihilation, miles better than this film. Um, even Bird Box, I didn't hate. <laughs> no, I thought Bird Box was fine. Uh, I will say Annihilation, though, released in theaters here in America, streaming I, he, everywhere else except for, like, a couple other regions. Right, okay, yeah, because here it was streaming only. We didn't get any cinema release for that, which is such right. a shame. <laughs> yeah, it, it was one of those things where it's like, but why? Like, why, what, what was the, the reason, like, it's Alex Garland, he just did Ex Machina, like, did you really think that this was going to flop that much? Yeah. Like overseas and everywhere. Like why? Like if you're going to put it on streaming anywhere, put it on streaming in the US. Like cuz US audiences didn't go see it. Yeah. So, but like yeah. The 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 CGI bowl was especially bad. It was like, "Oh, what are we doing here? What are we doing in this Roman Colosseum?" Also, I need to talk about one final character. Yep. The the beard dude, uh, <laughs> fucking Gandalf. Uh, he sounds like um, Eddie Redmayne in Jupiter's uh, Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. And he's like, I'm here to talk to you today about this Cleopatra stone. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? Who cast this guy? What does he think he's in? I know. All I heard was Dumbledore. It was so bad. Yeah. I mean, it, Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he the dude who, like, was in Silicon Valley for a bit? Is like, yeah, that's, it is. It's the dude who was in Silicon Valley for a bit. He usually is, like, kind of a bit of a smug asshole. I guess a little bit like this this character. I don't know what he mm. was going for with that voice, though. I don't know why he just wouldn't use his regular voice. If, if that's a decision he made or whether he was directed to do it, it's a terrible decision. Because I'm with you. That was so distracting and just such a weird choice to make yeah like like no one no one talks like that 
No. Like, especially not an international arms dealer. Yes. Like, I, I can't imagine any any man taking that guy seriously and being like, hello, I'm here to buy, to buy your weapons. And someone's like, the fuck is it? Do you need a lozenge? I got holes in my pocket. You need something, bro? Yeah. It was so bad, man. I literally, all I heard was, was Dumbledore. It was just terrible. Yeah. He was distract. I was very happy that he was basically only a second act character. And then after that, they're like, ah, fuck it. Goodbye. You, we don't need your stupid voice anymore. Yeah. It just, it took away any kind of threatening element to it at all. He just mm-hmm. like a character like that should impose some, even in, even in a film like this, which let's face it is primarily a comedy more than it is anything else. I guess it's a, it's an action comedy. A character like that still needs to impose some kind of real threat and be, to a certain extent, scary. You know, like Hans Gruber or something. You need to see them as a real villain, but he was just so bad. Yeah, I, ne- I never saw him as a threat. It was always Gal Gadot. I was like, yeah. all right, when's Gal Gadot going to cross this guy? And then when she does, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> I, I want to be rid of this guy. But then they just ha- kept having him come back for like little spurts, and I'm like, "Why is this guy still on my screen? Get him off!" That was my thing too. When she when she drugs him and he's out for like maybe a minute or two, I, I for starters I didn't buy that. Like, why didn't she just poison him and kill him? Like, <laughs> right? Like that that would that would make her so much more threatening too. Like, it's not like I don't find her threatening as it is. Like the the showdown in the gallery, she just showed me like how capable she is already. Yeah. But, you know, showing that bloodlust, I guess, would help. But I'm guessing they're also trying to keep her, quote unquote, pure for the next movie where you're going to have to root for her, Yeah, I guess. Probably. And that makes sense. With the twist at the end, you don't want her to be too much of a villain, I guess. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, and that's that's the thing at the end of the day. All three of these characters are, quote unquote, bad guys. You know, like Ryan Reynolds, I guess, for the majority of the film is seen as our hero, even though The Rock, we think, is the FBI agent. So, I mean, and that's an interesting move the film does, I guess. It compares that way to Ocean's Eleven. Now, of course, Ocean's Eleven, infinitely superior. Yes. But, like, it it doesn't, it has all of your people technically being bad guys, but you're supposed to like them in some way. And Ryan Reynolds, I, I sort of like him. Gal Gadot... Uh, I, I didn't get enough of her being like a real good character, like to be like, okay, I really like this person. The Rock, I'm just like, oh my God, bland, bland, bland. And then when the, the reveal happens, I'm like, okay, they're actually letting The Rock have fun. I could get behind this Rock character if they just let him have fun. Yeah. And so like, if we do get a Red Notice 2, I'd like to see them go further with that because I think he could be fun as opposed to, you know, the wet rag that he was the entire movie. Yeah, definitely. So continuing on the Ocean's Eleven analogy, which, yeah, that's a that's a good pull. I agree. In, in a lot of ways, it's kind of similar. From Ocean's Eleven, we went to 12 and then 13. Let's say that Red Notice 2 goes down the same path. Who, who are we adding to this cast, you reckon? You've got The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. Who, who becomes the fourth? That's the thing, because, like, they're... Th- it's two of the most popular actors we have going. Yeah. Gal Gadot is on the on the upswing, so like that's the big reason she signed on to this was because like her star her, her star is still rising. So do you get another rising star? Do you get like is it a woman you get? Do you get do you introduce, you know, 
Uh, I know the the rock is like half Samoan, half black. Yeah. But like, do you get another person of color in, in for the movie? Like that, that's the, that's the thing. It's like, there's plenty of directions they can go. Yeah. I mean, do they just swing for the fences and try to get fucking Pitt or Leo or something? <laughs> that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Because, but to that get, would like, make a classic. it classic. <laughs> yeah. But that would make it so much weirder. It would be. Because then it would be totally all over the place as opposed to, I mean, I already felt like this movie was kind of totally all over the place, but that yeah. would take it out into a direction that I don't know if anybody writing the movie or uh, what Rawson Thurber or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if he's capable of dealing with that. Like, I, I think he, I think I saw in his, his, his filmography, he directed Talladega Nights, The Battle of Ricky Bobby, which yeah. I love. But, like, you look at this guy's, you know, pedigree, and you're like, okay, I guess I kind of see it. But, like, there's nothing there that says this guy can do serious action. Yeah. So, like, he has to stick to this lane. So, I don't know who fits with that. Like, is Nick Cage just too over the top for whatever they're going to do next? Or, like, yeah, that's what is I was Nick thinking. Nick Cage like, the one where you want to put in? Yeah, do you go like Cage or, or Willis or someone? Like, Willis, I reckon. Oh, not work. Willis. Yeah, but I reckon he could work in the way that he's he's wooden, like The Rock. <laughs> he's He's got that kind of classic action going, but he's not very good. Like, I think he's at the pedigree that would work with the film. <laughs> right. I don't know. It's 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 weird. Like Cage, uh, Willis. No, I, I still hate Willis. Uh, <laughs> like, would Vin Diesel? Like, if Vin oh, Diesel man. showed up, that'd be hilarious. If Vin, I mean, because him and The Rock are still feuding, aren't they? Uh, Vin recently put out an Instagram post, being like, "Hey, it's time to come back to the table for like, because I think they're prepping for Fast Ten, right? So Fast Ten, your seatbelts, yeah. everybody." Uh, <laughs> But, like, so he's – they're doing that. I guess they're trying to break bread. So, like, we'll see when it, what happens. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Natalie Emanuel somebody who I look at because she was just in Army of Thieves. I, I actually sort of liked her in that. Maybe she'd fit in this movie. Yeah, that would be cool. You know, but I, – I, yeah, figuring out who would be in Red Notice 2 if it's not just these three, I don't know. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, because sequels, they always have to go bigger and better. So uh, I don't know how. I don't know what they would do. <laughs> Actually, if you're Netflix, I don't see why you couldn't just put, like, you know, the main character of Lupin in here. You know, Asan Diop. You know, if you're going for, if you're setting up a franchise, there's an easy way to get in your French audience and your international audience is to say, hey, Asan Diop is now in this movie. And America, you may not know him that well, but everywhere else knows him because they, you know, Lupin is one of the most watched series ever. Yeah, that's actually a good call. And that's, I guess that's one of the interesting things about Netflix is that they are universal. Um, as opposed to, you know, most franchise films, you know, like, like even Fast and Furious to an extent, like, yes, it has an international audience, but let's face it, it's pretty clear who they're targeting. Whereas Netflix, yeah, that mm-hmm. would, that would be an interesting call, you know, or I mean, fuck it, get someone from Squid Game in here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Get, get the, the cop from Squid Game, it, you know, take your, start le- like, that's something I want to see le- Netflix start doing is leveraging their properties within each other because i think that's something that they're missing from doing is like hey if you like squid game and you like this particular character in squid game here's something else they're in that you can also check out that's also on our streaming service like we want you to watch all this stuff like uh they recently did with the director of squid game like he directed a couple films 
Uh, and they were like, here's here's one of them that's on Netflix right now. It also stars the guy who's, who plays uh, Gihun, who's our main character in Squid Game. Yep. Check that out. Like, uh, I don't remember them ever promoting The Untouchables, but like after, you know, Lupin Part 1 came out and it was a smash success, they never talked about The Untouchables, which stars Hassan Diop. You know, I... I they need they need to be better about leveraging their stars. Like maybe Omar Sy isn't like, you know, made by you, but you like he is well known because of you. Because outside of Bishop in uh, X Men: Days of Future Past, what is a Western? What is like an American audience scene, man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just loop on. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's an interesting pull. So all in all, how are you scoring Red Notice? I'm gonna go five five out of ten. It's a uh, it's serviceable. You're not going to hate yourself for watching it. It's mercifully under two hours. Yes. That was probably the number one thing I, I saw when I saw this movie was its runtime being under two hours. Because normally when you have action movies now, they're like 210, 215. Oh. And you're like, oh, my God, please just end my life already. Yeah. And this, you know, coming in under two hours. Yeah, you wish 90 minutes, but, you know, you can only get so much. So I'll take the two hours. Uh, I stand by everything I said. Ryan Reynolds, I think, is, is adequate. The Rock is very bad. <laughs> the plot is very bad. The CGI is very bad. Uh, Gal Gadot's having fun. But, you know, it was a fun enough time that, you know, you're going to watch it for two hours and you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. What else is on? Yeah, I agree 100% with everything you said. I had enough fun with the cast that even though the plot is kind of bullshit and just ignore it... Um, I'm I'm a six out of ten. I had plenty of fun. Our mutual friend Paul from the countdown, he he was asking people, you know, whether he should watch it because he's currently looking for his worst ten of the year. And I said, look, it doesn't fall on that. No, I said this is not a film that's worth watching if you're just looking for something to be bad because it's not that bad. Like the worst thing about this film is that it's just kind of middling. Like it's just mm-hmm. completely average. I won't ever watch it again, but I don't regret having watched it. Like you said, the runtime completely sells it for me as something that's just worth throwing on if you're looking to, I don't know, perf on Reynolds and Godot for a couple of hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally, totally fine. <laughs> right. That's the thing, too, is, like, it's middling. Like, I'm actually shocked that we got 40-plus minutes out of this talking about such a middling movie because I yeah. normally struggle talking about middling movies for same. anything more than like 10 minutes. Yeah, same. That was my biggest fear as well. I've said that before on the show that it is so easy to talk about movies that are brilliant and so easy to talk about movies that are terrible. But something that's like a 5 out of 10 is the worst thing in the world. And we've done episodes before that are like 18 minutes long and you're like, wow, I mm. I feel bad putting this out, but I have nothing else to say. So I'm, I'm amazed that we managed to talk about it as long as we did. <laughs> I know. It, you know, uh, I, I feel like we broke it down more than anybody thinking about the movie did <laughs> yeah. when they were writing it. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Can you tell everybody about Netflix and Swill and where they can find it? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's a podcast where me and my friend Caleb talk about uh, the goings on on Netflix. Uh, recently, we've been talking a lot about Chappelle, which uh, has driven me to the point of insanity. <laughs> and I'm so glad that we've had a, a quick reprieve until everything fires back up after the next Chappelle special. <laughs> uh, but you can find our show uh, at Netflix and Swill everywhere. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, most active on Twitter, though. So if you want to follow what we're go- what we're doing or like what we're potentially covering for that week. That's the place to be. Uh, you can also find our show at Netflix and any podcast app that, you know, exists. 
uh, is uh, a good place to find us. Yeah, I'd highly recommend it. It's a great show. I listen just about every week, even though, I, as I said, I don't watch a lot of Netflix content. It's just, it's always really good discussions. And you guys talk about such a broad range of things as well, which is just really nice. So... Yeah, definitely check it out. I'll put links in the show notes and everything. But thanks so much for joining me, man. Yeah, again, thank you for having me, Billy. It's been a blast. No worries, man. Next week, I will finally be getting to its opening here in the land of Oz. uh, Last night in Soho, which I'm really, really keen to get to. Um, I'll be checking that out uh, with my first UK guest. I've got Paul from Film Busters coming on. So that's going to be pretty sweet. And over the next couple of weeks as well, our good friends at Dendy Cinema are running a retrospective of Denis Villeneuve films. Um, So I'll be getting to quite a few of those, including Blade Runner 2049, which I've never seen. So I'll be putting out a bonus episode on that soon. Uh, In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. (laughs) 